Hi, welcome to This Is Your Book Club podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. Welcome back. How's it going? So good. It's summer. Good, good. Hallelujah. Feel the sunshine and the rain. And the rain. We're getting some rain. I have not sat by the pool yet. Just FYI update. How is that possible? You went out of town. I did go out of town. We were busy. That requires there was no pool, pool time. time. And there was a pool at our hotel, but no pool time. Mm, I hope you I did know. fun things. We did do really fun things. It was a great trip. Um, but I still need some pool time. Yes, I'm looking please. forward to that. Yeah, and we need the rain to just hold off. Yes. Not that I don't. Actually, I'm loving the warm rain. And the thunderstorms. We've it's had some incredible so thunderstorms. I love it. So I'm not like complaining per se. Keep coming, right? And just like give us a day of sunshine. Yeah, and then come back in the evening for rain. That would be great. That'd be perfect. Sunshine during the day, a nice rainstorm in the evening. Yes, dreamy. Perfect summer. Sounds good to me. <laughs> I'll sign up. But where do I sign up? Right. Because I want that one. Me too. Okay. But we are here today to talk what's on your shelf. But before we do that, do you have a fun fact? I have Jamie? such a fun fact this week. I can't wait. So, Erica Bauermeister is the author we're talking about this week. And the book, or this month, the book that we're reading this month, just as a reminder, is No Two Persons, her newest book that just came out in May. Um, last week, I gave you just a little blip from her website about her, and I'm going to continue on with that. And um, I just, I, I am loving her. Reading about her is so fun. She says, I've always wanted to be an author, but it was reading Tilly Olson's I Stand Here Ironing in college that showed me how a writer could take what many considered the unimportant parts of life and give them beauty, shine light on their meeting. I've never, meaning, I've never read that book, I Stand Here Ironing. Have you ever heard of it? No. So I'm gonna have no. to look into that and see. Um, but I haven't ever heard of it. Um, she said, I want to do that, I thought. But the only other thing I knew for certain back then was that I wasn't grown up enough yet to write that kind of book. So I moved to Seattle, got married and got a PhD at the University of Washington. Frustrated by the lack of women authors in the curriculum, I co-authored 500 Great Books by Women, A Reader's Guide. And let's hear it for the girls, 375 great books for readers 2 to 14. In the process, I read thousands of books, good and bad, which is probably the best education a writer can have. I still wrote books of my own, but thankfully that material wasn't published. Time passed, as they say. I taught writing and literature. I had children. We lived in Italy for a couple of years. We moved home. I stood by friends and parents as they faced death. I renovated a house. Through it all, I wrote and learned my craft. And then one day I got an idea for a novel about eight people and their teacher in a cooking school. By then, I'd pretty much given up on the idea of being a professional author, and I wrote it just for me. And so, of course, you can see the punchline coming. The School of Essential Ingredients was the book that ended up being published three months before my 50th birthday. Wow. I'm now the author of four novels, including The Scent Keeper, which was a Reese's Book Club pick, as well as a memoir, House Lessons, Renovating a Life. My fifth novel will be available May 2nd. 2023, No Two Persons, is a novel in stories, an exploration of how differently any one story can be perceived by a very, by the various readers who encounter it, and how differently each of those people is changed by its words. It is a novel inspired by all the readers and book clubs I've talked with, all the students I have taught, each with their own opinions, each with their own love of words. Yours in reading, Erica. Oh, 
that's cool. I'm so excited for Me this book. Me too. That's awesome. Sounds fantastic. Agreed. I didn't realize, and I don't know how I missed it, that she also did the ingredients. What was the name of that the one? The essential. Let's see. It was the School of Essential Ingredients. Yes. Have you read that one? Yes. And I okay. now that we're talking about it, I think I went back and read it after I read The Scent, the scent Keeper. Because I loved The Scent Keeper. Okay. I think I gave yeah. that one like five stars. I think I like raved about that one. I loved it. So then I went back and that one I didn't love as much. Like I liked it, yeah. but I loved The Scent Keeper. Isn't and maybe that, that shows the progression of her writing too. Absolutely. Because the ingredients one was her first published. Yes. And then The well, Scent Keeper was, was a Reese's Book Club. 50. Yeah. Yeah, it's never too late I love to be a popular author. So much that is so cool. A whole nother profession. Absolutely, start over. Good job. Go for I it. I love it. Go for it. I love that. And that she's like, "There's no women shown in this curriculum. Let's write some books that show women and books that you should read about women." I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely, I love that. You see a problem, you go in totally, and you fix it. Awesome Good for her. Very cool. Yeah. Loving it. All right. But today, we're talking about what's on your shelf. But before that, let's take a break. All right. Today, Jamie, why don't you tell us what's on your shelf? All righty. What's on my shelf? So I read Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. Ooh, I've been wanting to read this one. So I started reading this, and then I was like, how does a guy write about oh, from a woman's perspective so well? Oh, it's a male author. Well, I assumed because of Curtis Sittenfeld. Curtis oh, being a male name. Sure. And so I did some research on the author. Not a male. Curtis really? is a female. So that okay. was just like, I made an assumption and I need to not is assume it, I things. Would have, I would have thought that. Yeah. So, okay. Not too far so, off. Good to know. There you go. There's that. Um, but I really loved this book. I found it so entertaining. I didn't want to put it down. Like, I just wanted to listen, listen, listen. And it's just like a rom-com. It's, you know, and those are usually like my palate cleansers. Nothing to really, totally. I mean, they're good for what they are. But this one, the the basis of this story is this woman it, she writes for a comedy show that's kind of like Saturday Night Live is what the premise of it is. Um, and then it's just her story of she's so busy. She doesn't have time for a boyfriend. She lives by herself. Her work is her life. You know, the yes. story. Yes. And does she even have time? And this guest comes on the show and he is like a heartthrob. Everybody is in love with this guest. Just everyone is dying that he's going to be the host. And he's just, everyone is in love with him and he's so good looking and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> she's not thinking anything of it. She's just like, and it kind of, it goes into how hard it is to be a writer and write for these guest hosts. Like some oh of them goodness. come in and they're totally open to your ideas and some come in and they are so full of themselves and they want to do it all themselves and they won't listen to you. And so kind of and these all night writing sessions that they have and then putting the live show on, it's like all the back scene info of Saturday Night Live, but it's 
in a novel. Like How fun. It's in a fictional novel. So after I read the book, she talks about at the end, like all the research she did yeah. for the book. And she has r- read a lot of the books I've read about people who are on Saturday Night Live, like Tina oh. Fey's book. And like research. Yeah, as research. Um, anyway, there were a couple others. Uh, I can't remember their names and who they are right now, but I've read quite a few of them. And it, those were fun to get like what goes on, you know, find out more about Saturday Night Live. But she read those two and then wrote this into a fictional novel. How fun. As like a it's, romantic comedy. Isn't it a Reese Picks? Like a Reese book Let's, pick? I think it is. It might have been. That might have been where I saw it. Because I've heard good things about it. It's it, it was good. I gave it four stars. Awesome. I really, really enjoyed I enjoyed it. It was a great book. Um very interesting because it applies to something that I really like. I love Saturday Night Live and so Absolutely. It was a great setting. She like, boom, she set that setting and you felt like you were right there in the stage in the back rooms and the writing room. So it was really fun. Um, I highly recommend Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. The first book I'm going to talk about today is I Have Some Questions for You by Rebecca Mackay. Hmm? I hope I pronounced that right. Um, That's how I would pronounce it. Yeah. So I think you did. Um, this, I don't love the title. Can I just say that right off? I felt like yeah. the title didn't really have much at all to like give you a peek into what this book is about. I assume right. that's either like, I don't even know what I think, but I just don't think that <laughs> it's a and, great title. I mean, it's a, it's a cool looking cover, but it I is. agree with you because I have read this one as well. And when... You mentioned that I was like, oh, I know I've read it, but What's that based one off about? the cover and the title, I don't recall what it's about. It doesn't tell you. So, it does not remind you what it's about. Remind me what this book is about. Yes. Okay. So this is the book about, this book is about a, a woman who is married, but separated. She's down the road of her life. She has children, like elementary age children, and she's invited to go back to her boarding school, this high school that she went to as a youth, and teach like a summer intensive course. Okay. Yes. It's all coming back. Okay. So that's what's happening at the very beginning of the book. And so she's going back. She's reminiscing about her time spent there. And... um. The experiences that she had, one was a very big experience, which was she had a stu- a co-student, I don't even know, someone she went to school with. Mm-hmm. A girl was murdered um, her junior year. I believe it mm-hmm. was her junior year, maybe And this year. girl was previously her roommate, but they yes. didn't really- Weren't they friends, weren't really friends. But yeah, roommates. Okay, this is coming back. Yes. And um, at the time- uh, person, an employee at the boarding school was charged and convicted of this crime. And he is in jail now as she's an adult, like serving time. But she just like questions um, his conviction. Right. And she, you know, nobody ever wanted to talk about it when it happened. It was very painful. It kind of, you know, it kind of Mm -hmm. shook things up at the school. There was like an unhealthy culture of what the boys would do and just unruly yeah. boy behavior is kind of how it was 
um, I think, perceived, but maybe it did go over the line of what was appropriate and inappropriate. And it was kind of assault to the yeah. girls, right? Like, Yeah, absolutely. Always bad behavior. The, right. um, boys and, would be boys. But it wasn't, right? Much so subject, she kind yeah. of talks about this experience and how it really affected her and and the way that she dealt with that. And it was, it was, I liked the way it was done. Like, I really mm-hmm. liked this book. I, I felt like it was a really honest way of reminiscing of times in the past, right? And experiences that she had there. My experiences in high school were not the same as hers. Um, and I also felt for her and right. the other girls in her school. And then I also kind of felt bad for the boys, like that they maybe felt like they had to act that way. Or like, I don't know, it was a little bit out of control. Like right. there wasn't a lot of structure to keep them in line. Yeah. When you put adolescents in a boarding school. Yeah. How the things that go on. Yeah. I'm sure. I would assume. Anyway, so I really did like the story. And she, as now an adult, she goes back and she starts to stir things up a little bit, starts asking questions. And maybe that's what it is. She has her students doing a podcast and looking into past um, crimes or unsolved crimes or maybe crimes that they don't think were solved correctly. And they stir up some things about this murder and whether or not they found the right guy. And it it's it's a fun story. I did not love the way it ended, and I was kind of I I don't know. I felt very uncomfortable with the way it ended. I didn't like it. Yeah. And then I thought, well, maybe that's real life. Like the, the things right. don't really always turn out the way you think they should. Absolutely, I think that is very yeah. I and I go back to the title. I have some questions for you. I don't feel, and this just just now hit me. I don't feel like it really relates to the story itself. Yeah. But I was left with a lot of questions. Ah. So ah. maybe now I have some questions. That's a very good point. I'm trying yeah. to make it make sense because it yeah. did. I, w- I questioned a lot of like, how do we judge other people and how do you yeah. perceive innocence and guilt and who gets canceled and who doesn't? Yes, there was. It right? did. It made me sit and look at our culture and our society now and how we... um where we hold people accountable and where we let people off the hook. Right. And I don't think that it's, that we do it right. Right. But I don't know how to fix it either. So it is, kind like I said, it's kind of just an uncomfortable reality that you're sitting with for a little bit. Right. But I enjoyed it. I went back to it. I finished it very quickly. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed, I listened to this and I gave it four stars. And it's called, I have some questions for you. Fantastic. Okay, my next one is Part of Your World by Abby Yemenez. Yemenez with a J. I've pronounced it wrong before, I think. I, I feel like I know this one. But it's Yemenez. Okay. So this one came out um, yes! in 2022. I've it read this one. It has a sequel, uh, a part two. So I'm going to talk about both of them. Okay. So do you have this on your list? I don't know if I list? talked about it, but I've, oh. read, I've read the first one. Did you talk about it on here? Maybe I don't know. that's where I got it from. I don't okay. know. Well, I don't know if I talked about it, but I know I've read it. Okay. The first one. Yeah, the first but one. But for sure not the second one. So I read the first one and then was like, oh, there's a second. I got to read it right now. Like I just you jumped loved it. one to the other. So I really liked Part of Your World. And I liked it as, again, this is chiclet. This is a love, you know, like 
the unlikely love story, uh-huh. but I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. So the the basis of it, and if you've talked about it before, I apologize, but I'll hit it quick and then go well, on. Well, it's been long enough. Okay. Yeah. So the, the one main character, Alexis, is from a very prominent family. They are all surgeons. Her brother, her dad... She is an ER doctor, and her family kind of looks down on that, that she has settled, and that she needs to go back and become a surgeon. It's kind mm. of already an, embar- an embarrassment on the family that she's an ER doctor. Right. Right? Like, right. How, that's how pompous and up there they are. <laughs> but they're very politically involved in the area and in the hospital. There has always been it's someone like from their family people. member- yeah. I don't even know. Like, this is like a different world. I can't Society, even. Society, yeah. like, you, you, they basically own the hospital because exactly. you've donated so much money. And there's always been a family member employed at the hospital. And they're on the board. They're on the, mm-hmm. they're very, very influential in their community, in their hospital, in the area. Totally. Like, if you say their name, people know who you're talking about. And so this is her family. She's in a relationship that is not great. But her family loves him, and she is... um, like emotionally abusive. Totally emotionally abusive, and she wants out. So she ends up in this really small town outside of um, where she lives and meets this guy who is definitely not part of her world. He is a small town guy. He is ends up being the mayor of this little town, and she, you know, on a bet... To go over and like talk to him or he, somebody made some sort of bet and she's, anyway, they end up talking at the bar and they make up this little like, let's walk out together and make it look like, you know, I'll save you from whatever this bet is going on. Will they yes. end up um, having a one night stand together? And then it, it it goes from there. She can't stop thinking about him, but she also can't make him part of her world. Their worlds are just completely separate. There is no way she could bring him small town in dude. total yeah. small town and small town living and her family would not accept him. There's just no way. These worlds cannot Well, and how, what would he do? Like, would he leave his right. little town that is his family? Like, the whole right. town is his family, right? Do I remember right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. He, so he is as much a part of this, this town city. as she is a part of her hospital. Yeah. And so she can't leave her town. So there's just no way this could work. And it kind of yeah. just goes through like that. I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I gave it four stars. I remember really liking it. I then jumped into the next one, Yours Truly. And it's not those Alexis and, you know, she is a, a side character in this book. Um, but it is a one of the side characters in the first book is the main character in this book. Oh, okay. And so it kind of goes on with a different, you know. It's a totally different love story problem and um, first impressions. She's a doctor at the hospital. And so um, it just is, it's the, it takes place more in the hospital than on that. And um, a new doctor comes in and he kind of gives off a really bad impression at first. And she comes up to him and she's like, you need to bring donuts for the nurses. You got to get the nurses <laughs> on your good side. You're, this is not a good impression. 
go get them donuts. This is where to go. This is what they like. Like, just out of blah, blah, blah. Well, she's got a brother who is really, really sick. She's got a family. Her family story is, you know, she's really come up from the bottom. And, you know, their family struggled when she was little single mom. It's her and her brother. And now as adults, um, trying to help them out, her brother gets really, really sick and needs a kidney transplant. So it's her family story and the hospital story and this new doctor that comes in. It was great. I gave it three stars. It's not as good as number one, but again, it pulled me in. I really liked it. And it was fun to go from one to being like, I've got to read number two. It takes a really certain book, I think, to want to jump into a number two, because I don't always love a series. Sometimes you need a little break. Yeah. But I liked that this was a series not based off of the same same characters. characters. But I was invested enough in the characters that I wanted to jump in and read. To know. Number two. What was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I love that. A good summer read, I think, for both of those. Absolutely. And I was just looking. It was a year ago. Like, it was August of last year. So, it's been a long time. And you did talk about it. And I I still remember it. Well, that shows you a good book. Because books I read at the beginning of May... I can still I remember like a lot of details myself. even from that story. Yeah. It was a good book. It, it was, was well done. Well done. Great yeah. setting. Great story. Fun rom-com. Really fun. Really yes. fun. I agree. So. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about today is called One Second After by William R. Forshgen. Hmm. It, yeah. And there was a foreword by Newt Green. Gingrich. Oh, wow. Okay. This was recommended by my brother-in-law. I love his books. They're so, they take me somewhere I would not He's been pick. recommending some different books to you lately, right? He gave right? me like a handful. Okay. And I'm like making my way through, through them. them. Yeah. Okay. But um, I think the things, the thing that I like the most about his recommendations are they're books I would never pick for myself. Right. I'd like look at them like, eh, you know, high finance, eh. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> CEOs, no, I think you. so. Um, but I've I've been glad to read all of the books, so I'm passing them on. This one is fictional. This one's all fiction. Um, the other two that he recommended, one was a memoir, one was um, well, they're both kind of you know a, a mm-hmm. personal experience, real life right. finance experience that was right crazy um but this one is fiction but it's based off of the idea of there's a form of a terrorist attack Mm -hmm. that potentially could happen it has not ever happened but the potential of it happening is high and it's something that you know william fortune fortune i don't know how to say his name but he is like a historian, a researcher, and he researches these military things. He feels like it's something we need to be taking very seriously. And there's okay. things that we can do to guard ourselves from these attacks, but we are not doing them. Okay. How so to be prepared. this just as like a warning, like, hey, this is what it would look like. And there's things we could do to prevent this. But if we don't, this is what it's what's easily could happen. Okay. Okay, so this type of ter- terrorist attack is is called an EMP, which is like an electromagnetic pulse. And it happens when a nuclear weapon is set off, like, in the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be 
sent to blow. I mean, yes, it would still have the same effects if the nuclear weapon was detonated by explosion and hitting mm-hmm. land, but that's not what they would do. What they do is they send it up into the atmosphere above the United States and everything under it, like a blanket, mm-hmm. it like sets off a magnetic pulse. Anything that's electronic shuts Which- off and it like burns out. So phones, cars, electricity, everything everything shuts down. Because everything is wired to electricity in our life. Yeah. And it's and you don't feel anything. Like mm-hmm. you just you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. even you would know. just lose everything. Yeah. So he takes us, he's following one man who is a professor at a university in a small town in North Carolina. Anyways, you watch society deteriorate and more than Things that you just don't even anticipate, right? But like the fight over food. Um, old, old cars work because the way that they are built, it's not connected by a computer system. Mm-hmm. They can still run. Um, but who has these old who cars? Who has these old, me- right? just mechanically ran cars? Yeah. And food, things that you, money doesn't matter anymore. So you're right. bartering. Yeah. Um, oh my and gosh. And medication, what happened at a rest home? Oh, the the rest home, right? Like their oxygen, their feeding tubes, their morphine. Everything is run Everything by is electronics. Ran. And so it was really horrific, the scene at the local um, retirement home or, you know, care community. Mm-hmm. It was it was eye-opening. I I appreciated the book. I don't know mm-hmm. how else to say. I gave it three stars. I appreciated the book. I felt like it's definitely eye-opening. And a part of me was like, no, um, this feels outright. Like, this is right. crazy. We wouldn't act like this, you'd hope. Um, but maybe you would. And and the different, like, groups that kind of form cultish type groups yeah. that it's – it's a little, it was crazy. It's a and maybe absolutely exactly what we would do. I don't know. But there are things we can do. Like, I guess there are, and he doesn't go into that here because I guess mm-hmm. it's more, it needs to be mandated by the government. I think it was mm-hmm. a warning to the government. Like, hey, there's things you should be doing that you're ignoring. Um, it even says on here that um, One Second after, is, after has already been cited on the floor of Congress as a book all Americans should read. Okay, there you go. So, so you should read it. Yeah. It like was eye-opening. Congress, uh, maybe even eye-opening to Congress. Yeah. Which is scary to me because of, like, when you hear them talk about TikTok or Twitter, or what was it? Like, so this is the internets? Oh, my like, gosh. It was so I embarrassing about how, about that. Yep. how much they don't know, which there are a lot of things I don't know. But they're making legislation have, yeah, for these things. Yeah, that's why things. we have experts. That's that what, so come go in. to an expert and listen to them exactly before you start questioning and making Stupid decisions. Stuff. So that's yes. what scares me about. So one this. of the things that he said was, you know, in the book, the hypothetical book, um, they get the president on Air Force One. Mm-hmm. Well, the minute that it went off, because there was chatter. That, mm-hmm, that it was uh, there was go. going to be in a terrorist attack. So they get him on Air Force One. Well, Air Force One fell out of the sky. All the planes fell out of the sky because they are computer There's, systems yeah. and it fried all of the yeah. systems. So they just crashed. They just dropped. So he died oh, well, in ah. the airplane. 
This right? is crazy. Yeah. It talked about how like Mexico moved up and reclaimed Texas up through Arizona, New Mexico. They reclaimed it as like this was our land originally, now it's ours. China sent aid. Right. They I'm I'm yeah. using my fingers as, quotations. <laughs> you can't see me. But like they sent aid. Right. As is what they were saying they were doing, but really just occupied California into the into the Rocky Mountains. But nobody knew this was happening because there was because no, there's no communication. communication. There's no communication. They talked about like radios went down. Um, they finally were able to get some radio communication through like. I don't know, these weird routes. And it's like, why don't we have more of those routes? And why aren't we aware of those things? Just in case. Just in case. There's this things, is very apocalyptic. It is. And the way that they but, made it sound how easy and possible it is for it to happen is very easy for it to happen. Wow. It took them six months just to organize food to get out to the country. Like, it was a mess. Because we're so dependent on importing food well and it's it's, it's a- all in certain areas of our country so mm-hmm. like florida had a ton of oranges mm-hmm. but like they don't have they don't have other kinds of food that they need mm-hmm. and you so can't just sustain we, on oranges. We move. we're like okay here i'm gonna send all the oranges around to the rest of the country and this part of the country is gonna send us all their flour and their beef and this part and we can't Transport. Right. Without being able to transport or communicate, how do you arrange that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a great big mess. And medication was a big mess. You know, the man's daughter in the book had diabetes and getting her medicine. And it has to be cold Yeah, or else it loses its potency. And so the idea of um, we can't refrigerate. We don't have ice. We don't have ice. Um, it's, It's super, super interesting. I was like, yeah, there's just a lot of things to consider. And I'm a person who has no control over this. Right. And so mostly it's scary. You just really hope that you don't ever deal with that. But anyway, one second after I gave it three stars. Wow. If you've read it, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, what did you think was realistic? And their town did fairly well, like, because they learned how to work together. Yeah. Other towns, they heard you hear horror stories of other places. Ooh. Cannibalism. Oh, oh my it's just gosh. terrific. All the things. Yeah. Okay. Love to hear about it. It's on my list now. Mm-hmm. I'm Thank a little you, afraid Stan. to read it, <laughs> but I also am very it wasn't interested. Like, it wasn't so crazy that you're like, this is bizarre. Like it was really simply done. Okay. He does a good job of like making it feel like something that would happen It kind of takes me back to Station Station, station 11. 11. Yes, yeah. and I love Station 11. I yeah. liked Station 11 better, but that this guy is not a novelist. Yeah, is a That's different what I keep reminding myself. Yeah, like he's of, yeah. He's actually researched the implication of something that really could happen and set a book around it instead yes. of Okay. Yes. All right. My last one is The Little Wartime Library by Kate Thompson. I, I love that title. Loved this book. I loved it so much. Now, of course, it's wartime. It's World War II. I usually shy away from this topic. Just saturated. It's a saturated genre. Yeah. And um, but you give me a library and all of a sudden I was interested. Right. <laughs> so I couldn't love this book more. Because of the 
topic. It was just such an interesting topic and a and something I didn't know, like the the ins and outs of life during war, not necessarily about the war, but what they did in the midst of war. Yeah. So they had when all the bombing was going on, and this was in England uh, during like the Blitz. Mm-hmm. They went underground. So there was a metro line that was no longer being, that wasn't ever used or no longer being used. It was vacant. Mm. And they set up like a community down there because to be safe. So there were bunks down there. Families went down there and lived. And there were, there was a little library. So this is based off of truth. Now, it is fabricated in the book to be a bigger library with longer hours and definitely more than what it was. Okay. But the local library that was up in the community, they did. They took some of its books and brought them down underground to kind of preserve them and opened up this little underground library. Wow. There were also like a little theater down there. So they put on plays for the families that lived down there and People would go, like, people were still working. Life continues on, so they'd leave and go work. So there was, like, daycare people who would watch your kids, some kind of a little nursery. And they just formed this community to survive the best they could amidst what was going on. Wow. And so it it's the ins and outs of the library and the importance of books, the importance of like at the time women weren't librarians men were but men had all gone to war and so women were stepping in as librarians and but once you got married you should no longer be a librarian you should be home taking care of your family and doing family things so it's Hmm. it's what's going on in the time Mm -hmm. for women Mm -hmm. right and then how the war affected that for women and then how access to books opened the world of these people living underground, opened the world of women, opened the, and what librarians did for people. Not just giving books, not just recommending books, but teaching kids to read, empowering women, helping people with tax forms or medical forms, or you lost your job, this is how we're going to apply for some assistance. You know, they help the community in more than just books. It is a resource for everything in a community. Honestly, and I know we love libraries. Yes. (laughs) But I do think as much as we love libraries, for the books we get from the libraries, there is so much that goes on in libraries that I don't even have any idea. The fact that you can go get tax forms there, you can go get all your forms there and get someone to help you fill them out. It is, if you don't have internet, it's your internet. And it talks a little bit at the end of the book, like the epilogue, and then it talks about the position of libraries and how vital they are to communities. Um, During the pandemic, when everything went online and people who didn't have internet... The library was crucial at that point to keeping people up to date on information. And um, anyway, just a great nod to librarians and libraries and what they still are for us today, but what they were during the war. I loved it. I loved the epilogue. I loved the author's note at the end talking about the importance of libraries. So just beginning to end how beautiful books are in our life and how much learning to read can change a life and open someone's world. Oh, I love that I, so much. Hands down, can't praise this enough. I just loved it. I loved it. 
Awesome. Five stars. Five stars. That's my five star for recent times. I um, love the it. The Little Wartime Library by I Kate Thompson. I can't wait. It's on my list. Read it. Let me know what you think. I want to know. That's amazing. It sounds so good. I just love the idea that books were so important and community was so important that you brought them into an abandoned metro and lived life the best you could. Totally. During this time. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, my last book that I'm going to talk about today. Gosh, I don't know if I can beat that one. I feel like maybe that was the best. Um, No need to beat. (laughs) This might not be for everyone, so that's why we talk about more than one book. All right, this one's way different. Okay. This one's called The Left-Handed Booksellers of London. It is a fantasy. Another London book. It is a London. It is a booksellers. Awesome. Um, not like yours. This one is the story of a young woman. She's just graduated high school, off to college. She's 18 years old, doesn't know who her father is, and she's determined to find him. Her mother's a little bit flighty and just never seems, doesn't want to talk about her dad. And she, you know, just, she's just never figured out who her dad is and but she's been keeping notes little things that her mom might say and slip as she's uh-huh. she's determined to find him but um soon after her 18th birthday she finds herself visiting a family friend in London she's headed she's going there to go to school and so she st- she visits this family friend and he's putting her up and their house is attacked. His house is attacked while she is there. And it seems to be by some sort of a vampire. Mm-hmm. Fantasy. She doesn't know. Some like mythical weird man is attacking them. She is saved by another person. And the more that she's learning about this world outside of her world, mm-hmm. um, she finds out that there's this group of people called the left-handed booksellers. And they... They keep and store and sell and whatever old, old books that have like the information for it's magic, mm-hmm. right? And it's all the mythical things that are happening right before our eyes that we maybe just don't want to see. And so she gets pulled into this um, adventure of, you know, someone's chasing her. Why are they chasing her? Why is she important? Why did these booksellers at first just thought she happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? And really, she's kind of the center of this whole debacle. And it's just kind of a, it's a fun story of, you know, our heritage. Who am I? Where do I come from? And, and, and how it might be just as fun as you hope or imagine. Right. It's just, Uh it's a different story. It's full of adventure. It's old, old, old stories, I think, that get kind of brought into, you know, the the Grimm, what is it? The Brothers Grimm, Grimm. how they kind of put a a small spin on that. And it was, it was super fun. It's very much a fantasy. It's fun to have a little bit of books, like, spun into it because we both love that. Um and I just love a good story in London. <laughs> I just really right? do. Give me an accent. Give yeah. me a dreary London day with books. Right. Love the setting. Um, the yeah. characters are super quirky and fun. And 
and it was really interesting. I I really enjoyed it. It I gave it four stars. It's if you're looking for something to just escape, take you out of real life and put you somewhere imaginary for a minute, this is a great one. Um, it's called The Left-Handed Booksellers of London. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was Woo. good. All right. There you go. All right. We'd More love books. to hear if you've read any of these. Please let um, us know. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. You can email us at thisisyourbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Please rate and subscribe and share with your friends. That would be fantastic. Thank you to Amphibious Zoo for our music. And we'll see you next time. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And, and this, this is, is your, your book club. club. Thank you.